Good evening. It is, what is it? September 9th. It's Saturday. It's uh, 8. It's about 8 p.m. I'm talking here with uh, Andrew Melton and uh, Mark Churchill, who did the Santa Rosa Marathon. Let's do a quick little intro here. Thank you, John Bertan, for the the base uh, intro. Appreciate that. It's good, good beats. We got... Um, the Santa Rosa Marathon took place August 27th. That was a little over a week ago, two weeks ago. Um, starts at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, starts in downtown Santa Rosa. It's put on by Ventures Endurance. Um, and there are a few websites to navigate here. Um, there's SantaRosaMarathon.com. Uh, and then they have details on the race. There's VenturesEndurance.com, the race organizer. And then the results are on marathonguide.com. Uh, and from what I can tell, the first race was 2009. Um, it's 150 to $200, pretty average for a marathon. You get a medal and a t-shirt like most marathons. Actually, it's actually a hoodie. A hoodie. Yeah. Oh, a hoodie. okay. Yeah. Thank you. Nice, nice uh, bonus. Is, it a, is it a nice hoodie? I, I thought it was pretty nice. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, it's a, for hoodies, it's decent, soft on the inside, cool drawstring. And I, I realize it's the same hoodie as the uh, uh, hot chocolate run in January. Same same exact style. And I think it's Ventures uh, puts that on also. That's 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 a little different. I like that because like, I have so many T-shirts and I don't need another running T-shirt. But the hoodie is useful. Can um, I can I also call out? Sorry to interrupt you again. Oh yeah, can I yeah. Call out that the metal has a wine stopper on it. You know. Yep. Useful. <laughs> Useful. <laughs> I like. I like it. It, it, needs, it needs a bottle opener on the other end, but yeah. And and, and there are other races. Um, help me out, guys. There's a 5K, 10K, half. There's a half. I know that. Yeah. Yeah, that was okay. that was aggravating to come in the finish line on the that narrow bike path, and to have to pass all of the two-hour half marathoners who are run, taking up the whole thing. So you have to keep. I I agree. It was that weaving was, the whole last six miles. Yeah. Yeah. So they start the the half like what two hours after the full. They or, they started or, or an hour. Now. I'm not sure, um, but the people I was passing were definitely not the sub two-hour half marathoners. There was yes, the jogger walkers. I did the half five. one year, and my brother did the full, and it was within an hour we finished. So, yeah, I think I, it was a couple of years ago. But all right, so best time ever. I, th I think it's Jack Davidson. I didn't do very much research. Everyone, uh, he did a two seventeen fifty three. I don't know the year. Was that 2015, Melton? I think so. I think you, uh, when you were looking, it said 2015. Uh, actually, the Jack Davidson I was looking up was from this year. Oh, wow. That's smoking. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I could be totally wrong on this one. Please correct me and send me a note if I'm wrong. Krista uh, Dressler of a 257 uh, was the fastest female, uh, 2023. Also, there could be some faster times out there on the female side. But, um, yeah, it was actually kind of hard to navigate and find the best results for the, the course. All right, so that's my whole my intro. Let's, uh, let's go to the, uh, the racers here. And, you know, I usually ask uh, – how do I stop sharing? I usually ask like how is your training but I'll I'll just I'll just start with um uh Melton and like uh was this a Boston goal from the very beginning or or were you just like I'm just going to do a marathon No this this was a Boston goal from the beginning so I I'd say probably the past I don't know, four or five years. I mean, I, I started running about nine years ago and you always hear about Boston and you show up at races and you see people with their Boston jackets on. And, uh, you know, I, I've kind of known about it for a while, but it's always seemed out of reach. And, 
you know, it's been a serious goal maybe the past three or four years, but I still felt like it was out of reach. So I, I kind of always used to tell people like, as long as I keep getting faster over time and the qualifying times keep getting more, you know, more sure. generous, eventually I'll like cross, right? <laughs> that threshold that's, and I'll, that's and I'll the be able Tamalpa. to do it. That's the Tamalpa mantra, right? You just keep getting older. You, you don't slow down. Eventually, you'll start winning. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, that, that's exactly it. That's my philosophy too. And uh, and then and then this year, I uh, I kind of structure my year around uh, qualifiers for Western states. And it just so happened this year that my qualifier was in January. I did the Sean O'Brien 100K, and that kind of opened up the whole year for possibilities and uh, talked to people that ran Boston in April this year and just got really excited about the race and kind of thought like, okay, I got a, eight weeks here. I could train for it and just, you know, see what happens. And I, uh, you know, started training, did some tempo runs to kind of figure out, is this even a possibility? Like, am I, am I anywhere close to being able to hold that pace? And, the tempo run started going well. And then by the time I got up to like maybe a 10, 12 mile tempo run, I was like, okay, I'm going to sign up for Santa Rosa. I think I could make this happen. Yeah. I think for sure you have what it takes. Obviously you do, you qualified. So I would say you have what it takes in 20 minutes, probably if you, if you really wanted to, you know, it's, it's all like, to me, it's, it's like how much, dedication you want i told john vertan this like who's doing like hundreds it's like if you want something enough and you don't get injured which is a big if if you want something enough i think you can do it but yeah i i mean i don't know i was pretty nervous about this because i felt like i was the only marathons i had run before were both four hours which is pretty far away from the 320 <laughs> qualifying time and then trail runs are just you know, they're just slower, right? You can't run as Much fast. You're trying not to trip. You're jumping over rocks and roots. And, um, you, you know, it's just a whole different beast. But but all that base mileage, you think, counts for something, right? So, um, you know, that's why I was like, well, let's take all that training in the trails and see if we can translate it to a fast road time. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like... Gosh, I'm 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 stuck in the middle. I'm 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 on this like track to do all the majors, right? Like I'm like, okay, I'm doing Chicago, you know, I did New York, I did Boston, but like I'm really in the back of my head, I'm like, why? Because like it's more enjoyable to be out in the woods and running in nature and stuff, and it's less painful. It's like really painful to do these things really hard. So so um so Mark, was this a I I uh, when did you decide to, to register and like was this a boston goal or were you just like i'm just going to do a marathon no i um i've I, I did boston in 2006 and uh have wanted to go back since but i, I haven't really done a lot of marathons that, um, to get the qualifying time and uh, mary my wife uh, just did this uh did boston last year so mm -hmm. in april she ran it in late may or early june you know she's like i, th I think I, I want to do it again i'm like well i want to do it too well why don't we go out together so in our planning i was like oh wait <laughs> that means i have to get a qualifying time in, in <laughs> before september um in, in my running over the past um few years has been spotty you know like just work to, you know working too much and not having enough time to get the runs in or not having the motivation to get races in. And so I needed a goal. Um, and Boston gave me that goal. And uh, so I decided I'm going to give it a shot in June. Got through June. I, I, the running was, you know, East Coast running when we went back to Vermont. It was humidity. Um, and just. Oh, there was a was, race in June? Or, or you decided to race the August I race in June? I decided to raise. I, I decided to try and qualify for Boston um, to make that a goal in June. Oh, okay. okay. So I gave me two months, and I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get the training in for this. But then we drove across the country, and 
um, and we're back in Connecticut and Vermont and trying to run through the humidity and trying to get these runs in. I'm like, I, I don't think I can do this. Like this is, it's just painful. And it's, uh, I don't know if I can get up to where I need to. So I, I waited until, uh, what was it? Um, mid July, I think maybe even late July before I, before I ended. <laughs> so like uh, one month of solid training. One month, I was only up to like a 14 mile long run at that point. And I just plugged away. I said, all right, 16 miles next week, 18 miles the next week, 20 miles the next week. And I got up to a 20 mile run um, and <laughs> crossed my fingers and hoped for the best in the marathon. How did your buildup go? I mean, it so was, like you, you said 20, were you were you at a pace even remotely yeah. close to what you needed to be? Uh, not, not at the start. No. I mean, I, I have, you know, delusions of the past times that I I thought I could run, you know, like, all right, well, if I'm going to do this, I, I want to break three hours, but I know I can't break three hours. I just want to finish, you know, finish the race, but I got to finish the race in under 320. But, you know, what if I, all these things are going through my head. Um, and then, then when I started hitting the track, reality struck about what I could actually run, right. Running five mile tempo runs at 645 felt like an all out race. So I was like, okay, let's settle down to 720 pace and call it a day. And, uh, and that, that worked out. Um, I just kept building up the long runs. The long runs were kind of workouts and long runs at the same time, marathon run pace. And, uh, so what, what's your, um, like if you were doing a 14 mile run, what was your pace for a 14? Well, I did 14 in Boston and and it was just to finish it. it. I think it was like eight, eight and a half minute pace. Um, and then when I got back to Marin, I think I, I got up to, uh, I think it was at 16 miles or maybe 18 miles. Um, and all of a sudden the pace was like, you know, seven forties. And then when I got to the 18 mile run, I was running seven thirty pace for 18. And I got to my 20 mile run. Um, yeah, I, I got the, the pace down to like seven, maybe seven fifteen pace felt comfortable and I got through 20. So that's, that's a huge, uh, that's an interesting, like that's, that's like, I won't say perfect, but that's really good. You're, yeah. you're speeding up on the longer runs. You're slower on the shorter, longer runs. Yeah. I, I get, so I don't remember his name. I ran into a guy actually at Boston. He did Santa Rosa. Gosh, I wish I remembered his name. He's actually a coach. He's a, he's a cross country coach for a high school um in the east bay and um knees i think is rick knees anyway um he was like a 240 uh 245 guy he's older than he's like i think he's like 52 (laughs) and he's doing 245 at boston at santa rosa last year and that was his qualifier and i was like how do you do that and well I was just really in awe because like he was so fast in his fifties and I was just like, how do you, you know, and he he was all about zones always being slow, like all his miles, he was doing like 70 to 80 a week, a lot of mileage, but it was all in low, low zones. And I, I wish I had the time to replicate that. I don't, but, um, yeah. So I, it it depends on the person, but it's like, seems like 90% of it is just kind of slow, easygoing yeah. miles. So yeah. that's, uh, I'm impressed, Mark, that you could pull it all together with really like a month. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I pulled it together for 20 miles and, and, okay. and yeah, let's, we'll, we'll pull up the carnage. Uh, I, I didn't really study <laughs> the, uh, the Strava. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, yeah um i'll go over to uh andy what was your did you have a a block like a uh, number of weeks and what was your your lead up yeah you know it's it's interesting you mentioned the zones because uh i have a Coros watch and um i never really paid much attention to all the data that it gives you but they just did this this uh you know refresh of the app and it kind of broke it down more into zones and then like what percentage time you were training in each one and then it gave you a score for each zone right so it was like yeah the the, the five zones i never get out of the the like two zones <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah but that, that's what was interesting is like i think the way it 
the way I understand it is like your really top end speed, like you don't need much training in that zone to be kind of like score 90, you know, to score very high. And your base, you can kind of like, it takes a lot of mileage, right, to get that score up. So I kind of, I use that in my training actually to kind of identify where I was weak. And, you know, again, with all the trail running, I think my base was pretty solid. Um, I do like to do the track. So like that was solid, but I was missing that kind of middle lactate threshold tempo run um, was I, was I, that's what I felt like going into it was my biggest deficit. So that's what that's I prioritized right. for my block. Oh, we got yeah, an so, audio thing. I think it, yeah, it was probably oh. the internet or something. Oh, sorry. No, I heard um, you. Yep. Okay. So, so, um, you know, so I kind of structured, I looked at, I looked at some marathon training plans. They all kind of have this common theme of tempo, you know, one tempo run, one track workout and one long run per week. And then the rest is all easy stuff. And I, I said, okay, well, I want to do my tempo run on fresh legs because that's where I'm the weakest and what I, what I want to focus on most. So I started out, you know, with a three mile tempo run and then every week just tried to increase that by two mile by two miles. You say, you say tempo, you mean race pace for your, your goal race uh, time? Yeah, I got, I'm not really sure about, I mean, some people say tempo should be, uh, faster than your marathon pace and some people say it should be a little slower than Ooh. your marathon pace i think so. it really depends yeah if you're if you're right? shooting for a really fast marathon you're not going to do much faster it's going to be slower than that right it's yeah gonna be slower yeah. normally right uh yeah. but for me i i feel like i i needed the confidence to know i could hold a marathon pace and the time my watch was giving me again looking at those zones like the time it was giving me for my tempo zone was kind of right around my marathon pace time, right? It was like, it was like seven to seven thirty, was, was what it was telling me. It was kind of where my like lactate what, threshold was. What, what does Koros tell you your marathon time should be? Cause my, mine has jumped all over the place. And right now it says I should be at three Oh five, but it has said I've been as fast as two fifty two, which <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure. Koros. <laughs> yeah so so it was but it was interesting as as the training block went on for those eight weeks it was probably more like 10 to 12 weeks i guess i i started you know but as i went on it kept getting faster and faster so it started out around 3 30 and i was like well this isn't gonna work right <laughs> and then it kept going up and then on race day it said 3 14 which is which is you know pretty, pretty much what i think accurate at, right? yeah and then, but then after the race, it jumped up to 311. Like it took that race as training. And then huh. it jumped up to 311. So I, I think it's pretty accurate for me. I think it's probably within 10 minutes, right? There's yeah. like a deviation of uh, where it could be at. That's, that's, there's a lot, there's a lot of like smart people calculating all that stuff. Uh, and I know Garmin has one too. Do you, do you, are, what do you uh, train with, Mark? like for watch uh, i've got a garmin cheapest garmin they make it just tells me mile split pace heart rate i don't even pay attention to the heart rate yeah <laughs> i just want the cheapest one if anything more than that is uh too complicated i can't figure out how to use it <laughs> so yeah. yeah let's let's dive into the race uh, i'll pull up the uh, strava here um Maybe you guys can kind of paint the picture. Like, what is the, um, what does the day before look like? Um, I'll let Mark go first. And like, what does the morning look like? Like weather and like people and just the course and stuff. Um, I'll, I'll go with the day before. The, I I had to take, I think five days off from a. Uh, I I bent down to pick up some set of keys I dropped on the ground five days before and my quad just like flared up on me with, oh my for gosh. no reason. What, what the hell? I was supposed to do a little workout, a little tempo and uh, didn't do it. So I, I took the whole week off and I, I did a three mile jog on Saturday, the day before, or just to see if the quad was okay. And it was for the most part, okay. <laughs> but I was, a little worried, you know, what would happen at mile five or six in the marathon, and 
so that that was a little sketchy um but the marathon morning i i was pretty happy to wake up and see that it was going to be 52 degrees and foggy and and uh i'm, I'm not good in heat so um the, the heat wasn't going to be a factor and i bumped into uh uh andy on the on the warm-up well his warm-up my walk over to the race start <laughs> um, it was it was cool it was really really mellow um you know everyone was you know people that were doing their warm-ups and their their stretching and and it just seemed like, like a uh a really um relaxed feeling to the start of a race you know versus doing a boston or, or new york or any of those big races that that you know you, you just it, it almost feels intimidating this this felt like all right mm -hmm. let's get up. let's go for our long run cool how many uh people in this race uh mark like thousand five hundred um I don't. I I, I forget about that. Was, was there fourteen hundred male finishers? Maybe that I I saw when I was looking up the results. I, it's, oh. I I'm not sure the total number is. Oh, wow, that's that's a pretty good number. I I did the half. It was like a long time ago, maybe five, six, maybe seven years ago, and wasn't as big. I think it's growing in popularity. I I I did. I've done New York. Have you done New York, Mark? I did. I did it in I think 2006 also or 2007. I never want to do that race ever again. And like, <laughs> that's just not my. Yeah, I I I totally appreciate the small races. I I like that. Um, and and I think just CIM is a little big, uh, Sacramento, but uh, yeah, I think yep. half of CIM is a good field if that's about 3,000. Maybe it's 2,000. I I don't mm -hmm. know. I should have done my research on it. It sounds like a a good like perfect weather, good number of people, and and all that extra stress before the race. But like now, I can really see it. It really takes energy that you need because <laughs> you need all the energy you can possibly uh, you know hold on to for your race. So yeah, uh, Andrew. Uh, do you, you go by Andy or Andrew? I should. Either one's fine. Whatever you prefer. Uh, I, I'll say Andy. So Andy, what was your um, what was your day before like, and your your morning morning of? I uh, if I can, I'd like to actually say week before because okay. Um, I didn't follow a training plan at all. I know some people really like to stick to them, but they just. For some reason, it just sucks all the fun out of running for me. So I, I don't like them. So I just kind of like to come up with my own, you know, by the week. And I mentioned my 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 main plan was just to increase my tempo run by two miles every week <laughs> until I got to 20 miles. But then the last week, I, I did look at a training plan because I was like, I have no idea what to do here. Like, what is, what's a taper look like? Um, so I, I pulled out the training plan somebody recommended and it had like a, you know, five mile run. And then the next day was like a four mile with a couple of these strides in the middle. It was like a, you know, four miles with four 100 meter strides at marathon pace. And then the next day was three miles. And then I said, I think it said rest day. And then the day before the marathon, I think I did two miles with 200 meter strides. And, um, I really like that that taper the week before. I've never done anything quite like that, and uh, it it left my legs feeling really fresh. And uh, I, I think I'll probably take that into other races. That that kind of you know that kind of taper down the last week. Um, usually for for ultras and trail runs, I'll just not even run at all. Usually I'll take off like two or three days in a row and just try to make my legs as fresh as possible. But I think just doing those little short mileage with the little floats in the middle is, is, is a really good way to go. Um, and I'll, I'll use that for other races. And then I, I also feel like just hearing people, other people's stories, I tried to pay attention to my diet. So I've heard people say like, don't eat big salads the day before because you're going to regret that the day of the race. Uh, so I tried to keep it really mellow, rice, chicken, you know, that sort of thing, hydrate, 
you know, just really plain foods and yeah, it worked well. I mean, I slept. The great thing about Santa Rosa is it's driving distance from home. So, you, you know, sleeping in your own bed, you know, a lot of times yeah. I'll have trouble sleeping the night before, but this one was fine. Like I actually felt like I got a decent night's sleep. That's um, huge. Yeah, it is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And then that morning just woke up a couple hours before the race, ate some oatmeal, hopped in the car. Um, so you're getting, you you're know, in the car like 4 a.m. or 4 30. I think it was, right. yeah, it was about that. Yeah. Luckily my, That's not my, too wife, bad, yeah. my wife came too. Yeah. It's not too bad. Exactly. It's not too bad. And my wife came, so she, she drove, which took another stressor off. Right. Just, uh, it was, it was really mellow. I'm kind of like with Mark on this one. For most races, the start was very relaxed and calm. And, you know, the half, the half marathon started later, so not many half marathoners were out there. So it didn't feel very crowded either. Oh, how about the check-in? Do you just pick that up in the morning, morning of, or you have to go the day before? You had to go the day before for this one. Um they well they 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 mailed your bib in the yeah and or you you have the option to get your bib in the mail which is what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. there, so you there just, was no check-in. So you didn't have so you just brought your num your got your number you're good. Yep. Nice. Mark, did you have something to say? Oh uh, no no same same experience they uh they were gonna mail all of my stuff to me I was I got a little stressed because uh something was wrong with the mail and they said, sorry, we can't mail it to you. You need to come down and pick up your stuff. Um, but, but then they did send the bib to me. So I'm like, do I have to go down and pick up other stuff? Or I, I ended up picking it up <laughs> after the race and it was fine, but, uh, didn't quite know the day before what I was supposed to do, but, um, but no, it was, it was mellow. I mean, just being able to step out of the car with my, with my number on walk up to the race start, not have to check in with anyone and, and just, you know, do my own thing. And that, that was, that was nice. You know, I, I remember, you know, Boston and New York, I haven't done many marathons. I've done CIM, Boston, New York, and Vermont city marathon. And, uh, um, and the three of those four, you have to, you know, travel, you have to get to the location and travel by bus to get to the start. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just all those logistics are that, like you said, that's, that's energy wasted of you know trying to figure that all out and get stressed about it and get to the line and where you're going to go to the bathroom and all the this was easy it was great sounds good so i i have for those listening uh andy and mark can see uh on the left side here i have mark's splits uh from strava and on the right side i have uh andy's splits from Strava and um, maybe we'll do this. So, so a lot of a marathon to me is, is like all mental. So like I, I break it into four 10 Ks and it's a little bit more than four 10 Ks, but like, let's, let's go back and forth through each 10 K. And I think that would be kind of fun. Cause I, I can, I can see the, the pain <laughs> just in the splits, but um, there could be a lot more happening. So like, they both start out. Um, the it, it's it's hard to start out slow on a marathon because you're so rested and you're excited and it's just like time to go, and it you you have so many weeks building up to it and so and so much time building up. But anyway, so Mark is six forty five and Andy's seven oh nine. It's pretty pretty good, and. Uh, do you guys want to talk about how you went out and like how you felt for say the first uh, six miles? You want me to go first, or you want to go first, Andy? No, go ahead, Mark. Well, it was funny because I saw Andy uh, just before the, at the start, and and I think we talked about you know the pace of like I I wanted to go out at about seven twenty, and I, <laughs> me me too. <laughs> <laughs> I said, and and all I have to do is hit seven. If I go out at seven ten, I'll be okay. Nothing, nothing faster than that. Um, and and so the like you said, it's it's hard in a marathon because I like I'm used to like if I do ten k's or five k's, you're used to this, you know, cardio. Like it's just you're you're killing yourself. And and in a marathon, you've got to really hold back. 
and I've never figured this out in a marathon. That's why I've had such a trouble with all my marathons is that I always go out. It feels so easy, right? Like I, I, I was, I hit that 645 and I was shocked, right? I looked at my watch and my watch is messed up. It's not right. <laughs> it got to the first mile, 645. I'm like, oh crap, I got to slow down. So I, uh, I, I slowed down. I, I started letting people pass me. And the next mile was a 630. I was, <laughs> so I, I didn't really slow down, but people were passing me. And I was, I was like, okay, this is slowing. So I, I kept trying for 10 miles, right? You, you said 10, 10K, but for 10 miles, I kept trying to kind of hold back. Um, and the problem was all of the people who were running 650 pace and seven minute pace and whatever, they were the ones passing me. So I felt like I was slowing down, but I, I wasn't slowing down to that 720 pace that I had figured out. And then I convinced myself at mile six, I'm like, you know what? I feel great. I'm just going to keep doing this. Um, and so I got through my first 10 miles um, faster than, uh, you know, I, I think I was at 650 pace for through 10 miles. Um, Probably yeah. faster. Yeah, it looks I, yeah. I see some 640s, 629, 630. Yeah, 68 minutes, <laughs> 68 minutes at, at the 10 mile mark. Mm -hmm. and, and I felt great. I was, you know, it was good at that point. <laughs> How are your your ten, Andy? And I I want to interject. Your heart rate yeah. looks looks great, Mark. I'm looking yeah. at the first ten miles. There's no problems here. You're not overexerting yourself. Like I could I would say yeah, that's a really bad idea. If your heart rate was like you know you're in the 150s, one like you're fine. That's that seems right. totally fine. Don't I don't see any problem with that. Yeah. My legs didn't feel the same way when we got a little later in the race. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, I mean, Andy. it's it's yeah, it's really interesting hearing Mark's take because um, I, you know, hadn't run a marathon in nine years, and I was just like, the race started, and I I just felt like I was like I I don't know what I'm doing. Like I just I was running fast. Uh, and then I saw, you know, pretty quick within a half mile or maybe a mile or so, I saw the 310 pace group. And I just felt like I'm going to just tuck in with these people because they know what they're doing. <laughs> and it just felt like that's a good pace for how I was running. And I was like, that's faster than I want to be. But at least with them, I knew I wouldn't be going too fast or going too slow. Like that's kind of right, a little faster than I wanted to be. But it felt comfortable, like Mark said, like you start out and you're just, just rolling. Um, yeah. So that, that, that was actually like my first 20 miles was I just tucked into that group and uh, just. Yeah. You're, you're in. like so even Andy, this is, this is uh, what do you call it? By the book, how you should race a marathon. Like mm -hmm. I'm looking at these splits like that's uh commendable because to have it that close every mile after mile after mile and like you're just going and that's for 20 miles uh i haven't gotten past really the 20 mark but like there's one you dip just under seven on mile 15 but that was i mean you're within 10 seconds on every mile for 20 miles uh yeah so awesome. i mean I say kudos to the 310 pacer. I don't know who it was. Um, I, you know, I, I could hear him talking a little bit, but I was kind of in the back of the pack there. Uh, and he seemed really relaxed. And I think, like, I could actually hear, uh, you know, Mark's wife, Mary, <laughs> trying to get him to slow down because <laughs> I think he was running a little hot for, for 310. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm an idiot. Mary <laughs> ran this? No, 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 no. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. No, I thought Mary ran it. I should have been, I should have invited Mary. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you, just in your head, you were hearing Mary like. No, no, she was, she was cheering all the runners on. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 she, so she was following the course around, and Mark, there, there was one woman who was a who was blonde that was in the 310 group also that Mary knew. And I don't know who that was. Maybe you do. I don't know if she's a that small was, runner or not. That was Sarah. She passed me at mile 21. Um, and yeah, and kept going. 
Um, and, and I'm how trying did, to think of the best name. So, so logistics for spectators. How did Mary follow you guys along? Was she? Uh, she is it easy? Two people. She wanted to watch me, and then uh, and then she had another friend um, in the a little bit farther back in the pack um, that she was trying to keep track of both. Um, so she, for the first half of the, up until mile 13, she was doing a good job of um, getting to all these spots. I, I think I saw her five times. They would just drive up and, and park and, and come out and cheer me on. And then she would wait for her other friend. And I think Andy, you were in the, in there too. And yeah, so she, she had that little zone that she was uh, keeping track of. Oh, okay. I got it. That's cool. Yeah. That's really, that's neat. I see a I see a photo here. That's a good photo. Yeah, all it right. was such a it was such a boost to see her out there, like you know, from the track and to have her cheering you on. Like she's she's so awesome yeah. as a you know as a as a coach and a you know and a friend. Like it really gives you a lot of energy. But then at the same time, when I when I heard her like yelling at the pace or like slow down, I think I think I think it was about the half mile <laughs> the half the, the half marathon. Point. Yeah. Where she was telling him to like quiet it down, and I was like, that made me nervous because I was like, uh oh, what are we doing here? You know. Well, so how was he off? I, 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 how far was he off? Well, the, we uh... we came through. I think at one thirty three was where I think I looked at my watch for half marathon. Okay. I think it said one thirty three, which is not, you know, it's a little hot, I think. But then I, but yeah. then I didn't know what he was estimating for. You know, you're you're gonna slow down as the race goes on, right? So I I don't know if he was trying to make up for that in the first half, or I, I, I honestly I don't know how those pacers approach these races if they try to do even splits the whole way. It's such to... a hard job. I've seen I've seen yeah. the absolute worst pacer who obliterated fifty people and dropped them, and then I've seen excellent pacers that are like just spot on within two seconds of like each mile, and I. I'm just think I'm just thinking of all the pacer. I I try to distance myself from the the, the pacers because they're like there's just a big group of people and I want I want the distance from all the people. But like mm-hmm. no, that's yeah. that's that's a tough job to be a pacer. I would I would, I would be uh, I think stressful <laughs> to make sure everybody's right on time. I I agree. I don't know how they do it. You know, I mean, he was. I saw ours. He was checking his watch a lot, but it wasn't that big of a pack at three ten. Like it was probably ten to twelve people. So you know, it wasn't. Crazy That's a good group. That's a good group. Yeah, CIM yeah. has a. Go to CIM and then do the three hour pace group, and there's two hundred people, and it sounds like um, like horses. You know the like. It's just the the sound of the the feet is it just really drives me nuts because everybody's running in the same cadence. It's just it's too much. Well, one 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 other thought on the pace group, especially for me since I was kind of hanging out at the back end of it, is when you come through the aid stations, especially for a smaller race like Santa Rosa, where it's like high school, middle school volunteers. You know, the pace group's a lot of people for them coming through, and all the people are grabbing the cups of water in front of you. <laughs> so if you're at the back of that pace group, you there may not be a cup for you. <laughs> you have to like, you know, you have to like give give them a big heads up, like, hey, can you give me? Because because they're trying to like grab cups and you know, and everybody's just grabbing them in one second, right? So that's another reason to watch out for the pace groups, like you know you may not be able to grab something as you run by because all the people in front of you have just grabbed all the volunteers cups <laughs> oh so so what was the uh the aid stations like you got um just water and gatorade water and what's that other one called the i think it was just water and electrolytes right I, was yeah. there anything else i i think so i i i skipped all the aid stations i had mary giving me a, a bottle every time and refilling it so uh i, I got lucky because i can't I, I just have horrible luck getting those cups and getting enough water in me to actually more than a gulp without you know getting the air in and um but they they were good they they were they seemed like every two to three miles there was an aid station uh, nice yeah i I agree mark it's like those aid stations I don't know how much fluid I'm really getting also because <laughs> they give you a, a cup. And obviously the cup's the same for like the whole 
course, but like the cup could be half full or <laughs> or yeah. totally full. If it's totally full, you might be getting less water than even if it was half full because you go yeah. to pour it in your mouth and you dump it on your face. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. this race, like every single time I grabbed a cup, it was, yeah, it was either a quarter full, half full. You really couldn't predict it, like who, yeah. you know, how full it was going to be. And then half goes on your face and half goes in your mouth. And yeah, you really have no idea. And you're sure yes. I can't. I hate it when my shirt gets sopping wet, you know, from I, I, I get sweat and sweat usually dries out. But the the water pouring down your shirt and then your shirt's like sticking to you, I, it drives me nuts. I I agree. That happens to me every race. I'm soaked when I finish. And it's I think it's nice to have a little breathing room on your, your shirt and your shorts because, well, then you can cool off. But if you're soaked. Uh, you're not, you're, it's not, uh, the air is not breathing. So you're right. not cooling off as well. Yeah, I hear you. That's uh, so not too bad I'm, for both of you guys on uh, for 20. I, I do see something happening on the left screen here, which is Mark. Uh, <laughs> where uh, I won't say the wheels fell off, but uh, it, you started to slow down about 16. Maybe actually fourteen. There's one seven twelve. But tell me how yeah. you're feeling, Mark. Well, I so I you know I went through ten and I I hit sub seventy and I was like all right I that that's I, I I've overdone it. I need to back off. Um, I I also had to go to the bathroom really badly. Um, and I think did you mile, stop? I stopped at eleven. We ran through the wine the winery. Ran through the building. Which is that was a cool feature actually. I love running through the uh, the um, where they're making the wine and there, there's this building that you actually run into. I, that was kind of cool. And right on the other side, I was just crossing my fingers there was a porta potty, and there was. Uh, so I when I came out of that, it, it it took about 50 minute 50 seconds, and I came out of that, and it was then I was able to slow down to that seven minute seven ten pace. That's that exactly I, yeah. I, that's exactly what Strava says right there. Yeah. It took me, you know, my legs kind of started, you know, it's like, okay, you stopped and now you're starting again. It was a perfect time for me to start hitting those seven tens. Um, and, and I felt great. Um, you know, I, I felt good. I, I um, think I made it through mile 20, still hitting seven, seven, 10 or something pace. Um, and then that's, that's where my training, um, the longest run ahead was a, I think a 20 mile run um that's and, significant 20 is yeah. pretty far yeah well, it's pretty far but when i got to 20 my my and and going 20 faster than the pace i should have been going at uh, my legs started to feel it and i was like okay these last six miles are going to be tough and and they were <laughs> you know it just every mile it was like okay can i hold on i, I kept doing the calculations in my head of um, where I'm at and what I need to get to get that 720 in. And I was actually looking for 715 just to make sure that, that I got that qualifying time. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I was like, okay, I hit a 730. That's, I'm still under pace. As long as I keep it under eight minute pace, I think I can afford eight thirties for the rest of the race and still make it right. And then I hit an eight minutes and an 830 and an 840. And I was like, okay, as long as I don't hit a nine minute, right. <laughs> So then I got into the last two miles of the race, and and I, I think that's when I saw Andy. Andy passed me. The 310 group passed me. Uh, the other person, Mary, was watching the race, came flying by me. And everyone's like, you got this, Mark. You can do this. You can, you know, just hold on, hold on. I'm like, I, I, I feel great. <laughs> My legs are not moving right now, and I'm just going to – all I have to do is just not walk, right? And it's, if, if I start walking, I'm done. If I don't, if I can continue running, I'm, I'm fine. I think that's when I, Andy, you passed me, and and then all of a sudden you came back because you were you were cramping up too, and uh, like okay, last mile. What, yeah, what is happening on mile uh, twenty three to twenty six? Uh, actually, uh, Andy, you have a yeah. good twenty three and twenty four, but your twenty five and twenty six uh, oh, look, rough. So look really rough, man. So much carnage. I know it was it was so bittersweet because I was like. 
I see Mark and I'm like, I must be going really fast. I just passed Mark. Like I felt like, you know, I felt for me, that was a big confidence boost. And then like, I was only like a quarter to half mile late, half mile later that my legs just completely seized up. And, um, you know, I was getting like little, you know, I, I tend to get cramps during a lot of long runs, but, but usually I can kind of work through it. I just slow down a little bit on the trails. You got like some uphill or some downhill, you can kind of stretch your legs out a little bit. And it's, you know, usually I can just work through it, but this was not, this was something completely different. Like I just, my, everything was seizing. Do you it's think like there a, was a, a lack of, uh, maybe salt or, or, or electrolyte or a lack of, of water is anything there or, or was this just the, the body saying, no, I'm not doing it anymore. I, I think it was just the body. Like, I mean, I think I did good on electrolytes. I did, uh, I was doing the Roctane gels, which have high electrolytes, like every 30 minutes. And then probably about after the half marathon, I was doing electrolytes too at the aid stations. Um, however much I was taking in with those cups, I don't, I don't know. But I, I think it's just the inexperience at that distance was really what what it was translating to. Like I, I was able to kind of, you know, my heart, and it's like Mark said when I passed you, it was like, you said, you know, my heart and lungs are fine. Like, I feel great. It's just the legs mm-hmm. just don't have it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. You scrolled over. So now you can see the, the fall off in the pace. And yeah, it was just like, I just, they were cramping so bad that I just, you know, I was having to walk and stretch and then I would try running again and then my legs would seize and then I had to walk. And it was just kind of repeating that all the way to the finish. And uh, I, I mean, it was yeah it was it was uh not you know it was not great and i i don't know how i would train differently for that i think it's just experience you know more long runs um i mean i i guess i could try one thing i would try would be to do maybe another like big electrolyte these like really concentrated electrolyte supplements halfway through but i i, I don't know if that would have changed it or not i think it was just my legs were just like that's enough yeah it, it, it is a weird way of 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 slowing down right because like mm-hmm. you do 10 miles you, you you and you're redlining at a high heart rate you're not it's obvious right my heart rate's like almost 170 i can't do this anymore because i see it right but then yeah you're not your heart rate's not crazy and neither is mark's um you're, yeah, you you guys are fine there, and like you're not out of breath or anything. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think once we get that Boston data point, uh, I'll let you know if <laughs> if there's any any improvement with the with the cramps. But I know there's going to be some anxiety around that at Boston, having had that that late in the race, the legs just completely fail, right? It's like, now I'm going to be thinking about that the whole run in Boston, just like, okay, I feel good now, but what about those last two miles, right? Is it, uh, you know, is it coming? Um, right. So, so that's, uh, you know, going to be on my mind. I think we lost, we lost Andy. Shoot. Do you think it's still recording? He just texted us and uh, it's, it's connecting. He's he just texted us, so we'll... okay. Internet dropped. Yeah. Oh, he's gone. We're here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. I thought. Yeah. No, it was it, it was it was crazy that last. Uh, um, the last few miles like i i it's cool to look at your graph and my graph right next to each other i n- i never really analyzed mine but seeing them together and and your graph is what i i absolutely feared um of <laughs> if i stopped i i wasn't going to get going again right if i yeah. stopped i'm going to start walking and i did stop for for one water cuz mary mary missed me on one of the last oh, I, I think we got andrew yeah i'm connecting through my phone now so my my neighborhood internet dropped, so I've I've done this at work a few times. I just have to go through my phone to connect. 
Did it did it yeah. keep recording or do you think it it, it kept recording? What happened oh, okay. is I just fell out of the meeting. So I, you guys, I don't know what you were talking about, but yeah. Well, we were talking about or, you. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, great. <laughs> just kidding. So I'm like, I'm hearing the the same. Like my last Boston and I uh, experienced exactly what both of you guys are talking about. It was I went out really fast. I was with all these really fast people and uh, just totally blew up. And I was, but I was cramping so bad. I couldn't even like really run. I was, I was hobbling. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> I what was happened like to a, me. I, yeah. I couldn't run, you know. My, my, legs, my legs, legs were not working. They're just totally cramped up and yeah, good times. I, we were just talking, Andy and I um, we were just talking. I, I was looking at the two graphs, and it was kind of interesting to look at them together, and to see um, his his graph is what I what I feared was going to happen to me in in the race, and he was able to pull it off. And, and what I mean by that is um, when when my legs started giving out in the last couple miles, um, I there was one point where I stopped to get water, and and trying to start back up again was like it was it was it was painful really painful and i was like oh my god if i stop again i'm not gonna i'm, I'm gonna walk I, I um and and even those little dips on the bike path where you had to go downhill to get under the bridge and then go back uphill the downhills were killing me i was like uh, if i could just walk on this downhill but I, I was worried that as soon as i start walking that's it i'm gonna walk the rest of the way and i won't make that 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 goal so i had to keep pushing uh, Andy, I don't know how you, it looked like on your graph that there, and I, and I saw you, you were ahead of me and then you had to stop and stretch and then you could get going again. Um, I, I, I don't know how you did that. It's, it's pretty impressive. Well, I mean, I, I was looking forward to those little ups and downs because I was thinking in my head, like, that's what I need to break the cramps. Right. Cause I, this, the constant flat was making my legs cramp and I was like well maybe if I get a little down a little bit up that'll be enough to stretch out my calves but yeah. but it wasn't because the cramps were just happening like every, like every muscle quads hammies yeah. calves my feet like everything was seizing up and you know I, I just I hobbled those last two miles like I, I'm, I'm actually really surprised those last two miles were as fast as they were I think one was a nine minute one was a 10 minute because it yeah. felt to me like they were 15 and 20 minutes because I was having to yeah. stop and walk and then hobble and then walk and hobble and walk. So uh, I'm really surprised I was actually moving as fast as I was. But, uh, you know, it's like that's that's where the grit comes in. Right. That's where it's like, how bad do I want this? If I decided to walk that I would have missed the Boston qualifier. Right. It was only five minutes away. Yeah. So that's where just trying to hobble when you can and jog when you can is makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see if there was like a way to measure lactic acid, like in your legs and like, like if it, you know, for 80, like when it reaches 80%, it's like no big deal. But then there's, a, there's, there is a point, there's a threshold, like lactic, lactic threshold, right? Uh, yeah reach a lactic threshold they talk about lactic is it lactic th threshold for one hour I, I don't know what the science is behind it but like yeah when it's when it reaches a point you're you just can't function <laughs> yeah. yeah it's good times so any any advice uh i guess it's go out a little slower on this one because it's the, the any, any advice anybody has here for someone doing the Santa Rosa Marathon? For me, it's just make sure you get the long runs in and you you get enough of them in, right? Because when if your legs aren't ready for that those last six miles, you're done, right? There's nothing you can do. You feel great and you want to keep going, but your legs just can't move. And uh, and that that all came down to just not having enough um, enough of the long runs built into my legs. And it sound, yeah. from what you said, you said you did a 20, Mark, and I'm like, that's pretty good. Uh, maybe you needed a couple 20s. I don't know. That's I don't I don't do 20s for for marathons. I do I 
I get up yeah. to like 17, 16. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I do it, run a lot, so I don't know. It's interesting because I, you know, I, 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 I'm focused on, um, on speed and and marathons, right? And I, I don't go into the ultra marathon world of really learning to slow down and just you know, you know, not worry about your pace. It's always like, I've got to hit my pace, got to hit my pace, got to hit my pace. And, uh, um, when, when I, th- I think about, um, I just lost what I was thinking, but w- w- when I w- w- think about my train and, and getting those long runs, I I've got to start thinking to my, myself, it's, it's not about getting the time in and getting the, the mileage in. I've got to shift my training to, maybe I just need to get a three hour run in, right? At any pace, not worry about um, how many miles I'm going to get in in that time. I think it's just time on feet. And mm-hmm. I think that that will, that that's a mind shift that I've just never been able to figure out. Right. When, when I get out there and I feel good, it's like, okay, I'm going to hit this pace. And uh, mm-hmm. I just slow down and, um, and go out for a trail run. That's, you know, three hours, three and a half hours long and, and let my legs grow from that. That's I, I agree with that. Like there's you can run five miles, six miles, seven miles every day. And you can do those seven mile workouts really well, but it's not gonna help you when you gotta be out there for three hours or more. That's yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that too. I think I think the only thing different about the Santa Rosa marathon is um maybe be ready for those last six miles when you join back up with the bike path and the half marathon runners um Mm -hmm. because you know i i saw the pacers for the half marathoners it was like a 230 which is a pretty slow half marathon when i joined back up so i think mentally being ready to like weave around people would help like i just to me that was kind of unexpected and was just kind of like uh oh now I got to deal with this you know when your legs are feeling the worst and and for me too my legs were cramping it was like some of these really slow runners were like passing me then I was passing them then they were passing me and it was great because we were we were like this one guy in particular I remember we were cheering each other on but uh you know it's it's different it's different to like kind of join up with a bunch of slower runners you know when you're trying to get that Boston qualifying time yeah, I I could just see the organizers saying, well, let's let's just it's you know the fast runners are out there. There's only a hundred of them, maybe, but like the bulk of the runners are like four hours plus, and so yeah. the bulk of the runners are probably not having to deal with what you just said because of the timing. But somebody has to be in that mess, and I guess it's you guys. Well- what was also a challenge about passing all those is we were passing them on the left, but that that bike path had a canter to it, right? It, it was it it felt and when my legs are absolutely dead, it felt like I, I just wanted to get over to the right side of the bike path and and run on that side to give you know that little bit of a shift in in the um, in the canter like might have helped out my legs, and I couldn't get over to the right side because they were it was just blocked. Even the left side was blocked, but you know it was that that was challenging in those last at least the last four. Wow. So, uh, are you guys gonna do this one again? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I mean, I uh, right now, like all thoughts are on Boston, and yeah, uh, my one of my friends, Alex, who I work with, that's doing Boston this year you know, told me that, uh, my time also qualified me for Chicago. So, you know, hey man, there's, let's you know, go, maybe let's, do that one next year. <laughs> do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm headed to Chicago October 8th. You are, it's, you're going to, uh, I'm going to, I want to hear, uh, we got to interview you for the next podcast after that. So we can get some uh, tips on Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Should, should be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a uh, Boston is, is a really good time. It's like, uh, yeah, it's it's fun. I I uh I love I love the town. It's it's fun. It's great. Yeah. It's great to bring family. There's there's so much to do. It's really to 
good good family event i've i've gone with family and then i've gone solo and it's definitely better with with family so it's a lot more fun so cool guys i i think uh i think we might wrap this one up you guys have anything else to add no no it was it was it was a great marathon um I, I, I would do it again um, if it, just because of how low key it was if I needed to do a marathon. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I like to try different marathons every now and then, too. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a I good mean, one. I, yeah, yeah I, I think I think I liked it better than CIM. I just CIM, I remember, I think CIM might be a little faster marathon, but it's just uh, the scenery that you're looking at during CIM to me was more boring than Santa Rosa is nice. You're kind of in the vineyards. It feels like you're just out more in the country and you're not thinking about cars and um, a little more scenic, I guess, than uh, the only other two marathons I'd done before were CIM in San Francisco. So those are all three very different road marathons. But yeah, I think I'm, uh, you know, maybe try Napa or some other locals uh, before going back. But I think certainly, you know, great race to get a Boston qualifying time without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. It was perfect for that. We should do it. So I, I, this is a ways out. It's April, 2024. Right. But like, uh, we should definitely do a pre Boston, maybe two weeks before Boston, if you guys are all doing it and, and life happens. Right. So like, um, I'll probably be doing it. I, I don't know. Um, Maybe not, uh, but I, I probably will. And um, yeah, then we could do a post Boston. We could. That'd be fun. Let's do it. Yep. Yeah, man. Yep. All right, guys. Good talking. All right. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna Andy. Sign off Thanks. here.